Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined, as always, by Armani Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? I am not doing so good. Uh, we lost to the Detroit Lions. I say we. Um, that was a terrible loss. And I, I know that, you know, the goal is not to win games for the Chicago Bears this season. But to blow a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter to Detroit, I'm not doing so well. I'm, I'm not doing so hard. Arm on, arm on, bro. Like, Detroit is better than you think. They, they've been in a lot of games. I know they've gotten blown out a couple of games. But talent-wise, they're, they're on par with the Bears, in my opinion. Um, obviously not at the quarterback position, but they have Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, some talent on the defensive end of the ball, too. I, I get it. It's, it's sad. But, man, you should be happy. You have a superstar at quarterback. That guy's Thank unreal. You. <laughs> you know, he feels good. I'm, I'm so proud. <laughs> I never would have. And he said it first. We were all thought he was crazy at the beginning. No. Like, well, Justin Fields is a superstar, and we're like looking at his stats and like, man, this this doesn't do anything for me. But those third, those second and third year leaps that players take, it's really crazy. So uh, one of the biggest content creators in terms of football, he posted a a, a video yesterday. And basically, the premise of the video was that nobody is near. It was after the Bills' loss, and he said nobody is in the same tier as Pat Mahomes, and nobody would be in the foreseeable future. And I looked at the comments, and so many of the comments said, "Just wait, Fields. Just wait, Fields. Just be patient." And I was like, "Oh my God, my my heart melts." Happening. It's <laughs> happening. I told you about Komet too. He's been balling. He has been. No, but like Justin Fields, worth the price of admission, worth watching a team that's really, quite frankly, not so great. But hey. he will do he will do a play or two, and there was the, that 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 touchdown run he had. It's it, it, like this happens every week with him. So this is why, yes, Justin Fields is a superstar. Great to have it in Chicago. I mean, you you want to see teams like the Chicago Bears do well. But the way Justin Fields is playing, yes, you see glimpses of being a superstar. And Armani Buckus was the first one to call it. But in terms of not being a superstar, in terms of teams not playing up to what we thought that they could, we got to start off today's show with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, you know, statistically speaking, they're not eliminated. I think what, you know, a 16% chance to maybe make the playoffs. I mean, you could basically, in uh, the immortal words of Brandon Deutsch, I give them a 0% chance to make the playoffs. It's just, I mean, listen, I get that they didn't have Matthew Stafford on Sunday, but listen, the Cardinals are not that good. And the Cardinals, Cardinals did not have Kyler Murray. 
This is a Rams team that is going nowhere fast. The biggest problem that I have with this team is the way that they've played in the second half and the way that they played in the fourth quarter in particular. Um, usually, and this is such a great trademark for Sean McVay, they've been such a great second half team. I mean, for the entirety of Sean McVay's coaching career prior to the season, he, I forgot what it was, but it was like, let's just say, you know, 25-0 and 0 or 30-0. He never lost when he had the lead uh, going into halftime. And not that they had the lead on Sunday, but this is not a second-half team. This is not a fourth-quarter team. This is a team that will go down as one of the worst seasons following a Super Bowl. You kind of almost have to go to uh, Tampa Bay. And again, a big mentor of Sean McVay's was John Gruden. You know, John Gruden, following that Super Bowl championship in Tampa Bay, goes 7-9 and nine the following year. I think the Rams will probably be around that this season, guys. Uh, and again, I'm not sure if you watched that game because there were a lot of a lot of other great games going on. Uh, the majority of the country got the Packers Cowboys game during that time slot. Did, did you guys watch the Rams Cardinals game? Hey, uh, it sucks for us that we that we didn't get the Cowboys uh, Packers game. We had to watch uh, the Rams get drilled right in Los Angeles. Um, no, but I mean, that was a great game, by the way, the Cowboys Packers and great win for the Packers. And that's kind of what we wanted to see from the Rams, right? The Packers were three and six. They were against the tough opponent. The Rams were not no Kyler Murray. I know they didn't have Stafford, but the Packers came out and stepped up to the plate and beat a good football team. The Rams haven't, I mean, how many good football teams have they beaten this year? Zero. Yeah. You know, when you look at the, the wins that they have this year, it's against the Carolina Panthers below 500. It's against the Cardinals below 500. And it's against the Atlanta Falcons, which they just barely won that game. Three wins, all three below 500 teams. And, and, and speaking of those fourth quarter struggles, if you remember, you know, when we started voicing our concerns for the Rams, it was when they almost blew the 28 to 3 lead against the Falcons. It's like we were living in a simulation. The Falcons were going to. You know, reinvent history. Obviously, the 28-3 blown lead against Tom Brady and the Patriots, they were down 28-3 and almost came back and won in that second half against the Rams. They're the worst second-half team in the league this year. And like we've been talking about, Arash, I know um, Alicia and others don't like when we say this, uh, but, man, Sean McVay might have had it made going to the booth last year. Yeah. Speaking of the booth, that's my... Two things that I want to say about the Rams. After this season, you have to wonder, and I don't know if he's already spoken about this, but Sean McVay may be reconsidering that decision. And then the other thing is when you're three and six, they started the season two and one, by the way. And now that they're three and six, you want to look at like offensively. Are there any young players that give you promise and hope going into the end of the season and into the future? And when you look at the roster, there is nobody that is on the youthful side that stands out. Tyler Higby's, you know, had eight, eight catches, 73 yards. He's 29 years old. So you look at this team, they haven't discovered the running back position yet. They haven't figured out what's wrong really with Stafford and his arm. And then receiving wise, they don't really have much going into the future. So this isn't, to me, this is not just a this year problem. This is a problem going into the foreseeable future. I mean, and they, it, this is similar to the Lakers, right? They won their championship, and we're seeing, you know, the Lakers struggle the past couple of years. And this might happen for the Rams, but I'm going to say it was worth it. 
regardless of Donald, Donald shouldn't play. I know he signed that new contract, but he might reconsider retirement again. Yeah, I mean, because you're 100% right. You know, when you're looking at the future of this team, there is no future uh, because they mortgaged the future to win a championship. But at the very least, that they won that championship. There's a lot of teams like the Clippers we've talked about who will do that gamble, who will trade future first round picks and don't win, don't get to the finals. And, and at least with the Rams, they, they got their moment. They got their Super Bowl. Not only did they get their Super Bowl, they got their Super Bowl and they played the conference championship game at SoFi. They, they, they played the Super Bowl there, right? They, they there at SoFi. So they got their moment on the side. You, you would like a little bit of the afterglow, right? You would like to come back and at least be competitive. I'm not saying that they were go- going to repeat. Again, it is, it is extremely hard to repeat. It hasn't happened in close to 20 years. That being said, you certainly thought when they brought back that crew, and again, the joke was, run it back, run it back. And then we joked about that with LeBron and Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. Like, they're going to run that thing back with it. That team was a below 500 team. They were terrible. And they're even worse this year. We'll talk, we'll talk about them momentarily. But there's no one who thought with McVay back, with Donald back, and Stafford and Cup, and you go down the list – that this team was this bad. Now, that being said, the offensive line has been a massive concern. Nine games, nine different starting lineups with that offensive line. Continuity is so important there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's the problem with this team. And I do think as we near the end of this season, you will begin to hear Deshaun McVay want to go into broadcasting. Donald, he came back for one more year to see if he could, you know, because listen, when you win a championship, you you can do one of two things, right? You could you could have the storybook end to your career, fine, but you kind of want, you're, like, you're kind of on this high where you're like, well, that felt amazing. I want to do that again. It is very hard to repeat, but to to not even be a playoff team. To not even have meaningful games. Sean McVay has never been in this position before. I think he's only missed the playoffs once or twice. And, and in those seasons, they were an above 500 team. This season is effectively done. With McVay, I think this. You have to get a number one TV job. The Fox job is kind of in flux right now. Where I think they're waiting on Tom Brady. But we'll see if Tom Brady wants to do TV. I have no doubt, by the way, that if Sean McVay were to do TV, he would be the next Tony Romo and would make Tony Romo-type dollars. That's big. That that would be huge for him. So do you, do you guys really think, though, that, that like let's just say this season plays out? That McVay quits? I don't think he's a quitter. I think he'll probably want to coach, but I think he's more suited as a broadcaster because he's a genius when it comes to understanding the game and dissecting it. And you really, someone that knows the game at that level, having that broadcasting is very important. We saw that with Tony Romo. I mean, there's really, you can't replace former coaches and athletes in the booth that know the game. I mean, McVay remembers every play he's ever called. And I know his play calling has been in question this year. And, you know, a lot of it is offensive line issues. You know, there's some talent issues. The loss of Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham was huge. Obviously, they're missing both of those guys tremendously this season. I think he's more suited for the booth. I think he's done enough as a head coach to be like, whoa, like McVay's a good coach. He won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like, 
end it now. Your reputation's not tarnished yet. There's still a lot, even though this season hasn't gone the way that, that he wants, a lot of people aren't going to attribute it to McVay. They'll be like, oh, offensive line issues, injuries, no Odell Beckham, no Von Miller, you know, like tough schedule, people coming for your head since you just won the Super Bowl, like what happened to the Lakers the following year after they won the championship, right? Um, so I think he should he should call it quits, but I don't think he will. I think he's going to coach again next year. And here's the thing about Sean McVay. When you look at John Gruden, which is kind of like a perfect comparison, no one really remember. I mean, people just remembered the Super Bowl championship. Again, we're in the thick of this bad season for the Rams. I promise you, if he retires or if he calls it quits or if he goes to the broadcast booth, they will build up this you know, boy wonder thing where, again, he took over a really bad Rams team that for years and years and years, seven and nine, Jeff Fisher, he took over that team. They won the division. They go to the Super Bowl. They lose. But again, you know, it's, it's against the Patriots. Goes back to the Super Bowl, wins. Very few people will talk about this season. And as you remember, John Gruden not only goes to the broadcast booth, he signed this, you know, 10-year, $100 million contract. We all know how that played out, though. But, Armani Buckets, if you're Sean McVay, what would you do? Well, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. So the fact that we are talking about this, the fact that this was a to- uh, topic of conversation last season, I do think that his heart is not fully invested in it. And that's no shade towards him because, you know, we change as human beings. Uh, my question is... If he does leave, how attractive of a job is that Rams job now because they've gutted their future, because they don't have a lot of young, promising players? And you look across town and you have the Chargers who have a star quarterback who might have a head coaching opening. And I just think that when when you consider the possible candidates this offseason, the Rams job would not be at the forefront of the job that if I was a head coach that I would necessarily want. 100%. And by the way, how crazy would it be if both head coaching jobs in Los Angeles became available to that point? I wonder if both Los Angeles teams may be in the hunt for a coach. Uh, Sean McVay, um, he kind of uh, planted his roots, at least in the offseason. He is in the South Bay. He is in Manhattan Beach. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on that front. Let's shift gears, though. The Lakers finally won a game. Listen, they, they won only for the third time this season, only for the second time in regulation, beating the Brooklyn Nets. Um, listen, KD's still playing. The Nets beat the Clippers pretty handily in the fourth quarter. Um, so they're not a bad team. Your guys' thoughts on the Lakers finally coming away with a win. Yeah, um, you know, I, I mentioned this in our in our chat, our show's chat last night. Uh, yeah, it's a great win, but I, the inconsistencies of this team—they're still three and ten. I know no LeBron James, Anthony Davis had to have a master class on both ends of the floor for them to win this game. Lonnie Walker has been great, like we've been mentioning. Obviously, having him back helped in that Sacramento game, which they barely lost, probably should have won. And then the game last night. Yeah, the Nets have been playing great basketball without Kyrie Irving. Their defensive rating went up. Their offensive rating went up. I talked about this in my power rankings. The Lakers still have no identity. It's washed away in the Pacific Ocean. And it's a problem because it's – it's and that's in my article. Armand loves that line. You'll be able to read that in the power <laughs> rankings for this week. But they really have no identity. Last night was the first night in, what, two weeks, Armand, that their defense looked good. And there's some promising things, but – 
unless they go on a run, they find a way to lose almost every game. Like they find a way then it's in their hands and they just don't know how to close out games. They finally did that yesterday. Although when they took the starters out, it didn't look good for a minute or two. Um, but I mean, it was an impressive win. We'll see what they do. They have rest. Now they're going to have Thomas Bryant and Dennis Schroeder back. But man, I think at this point they're playing for next season. I know it's early, but three and 10 is, I know it's possible with this team, if they can play defense, that they can squeeze into the play in tournament. But right now they're still a bottom five NBA team. Yeah, I agree completely. The The glimmer of hope is the fact that their schedule, at least the next two games, Detroit at home, and you have the whole week off, which seems strange, by the way. I don't remember a time when I have seen like a Sunday game and then you don't play till Friday. So you get Detroit on Friday and then San Antonio on Sunday. So potential three-game winning streak it should be a three-game winning streak and like you mentioned brandon you're nodding your head no do they lose to detroit or san antonio no, they're losing to the spurs bro the spurs yeah. move the basketball they, they just do have, they're better coached they're going to beat the lakers they do move the basketball <clears throat> i do think that they play a better style of basketball than the lakers but man anthony davis 37 and 18 last night. You should be able to do that against the Spurs of the world, the Pistons of the world. You should be able to do that against anybody if you're Anthony Davis, to be frank. But I mean, I think that this team, I agree that they're headed nowhere, but maybe they catch some momentum here and maybe, you know, the play in, what does it take? 32, 33, 34 wins to sneak in. And I know that that's setting the bar so low to talk about making the play in. I just, I don't know. I, I can't quit them quite yet. Wait, when well, you say you can't quit them, I mean, they, they suck. They, they yeah, suck. They, <laughs> no. So you're saying that they may sneak in or backdoor into the play in because a lot of teams may, may tank a lot of the teams that we thought that were going to tank. Perhaps maybe they'll be forced to tank or they'll, but they're, they're winning they're, right now. They're, they're winning. <laughs> All the teams we thought that would be taken are, are, are finding ways to win. I, I, yeah, th this is not voting well for the Lakers backdooring their way uh, um, into the And Aras, what an embarrassment it would be if the Lakers get the number one pick and then the Pelicans select uh, Victor Wembanyama. I don't want the, Exactly. That would be the worst feeling in the world. That would be the that, worst. You want to talk about fans boycotting the team? That's when it'll happen. Like, no one would, everyone would be like, this is a joke, something needs to be done, if you that know, happens. When they do those pick swaps, again, you think, oh man, we're pairing LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Not only that, two at the at the time, two of the top five players in the league, we're going to win a championship, which they did that, that season. But we're going to be a destination franchise for the next 10 years. So yeah, we could do a pick swap, it doesn't mean anything, we'll be drafting late. Or like, even if, whatever, like, like, they didn't. They really never thought twice about the pick swap. I mean, if you're looking at maybe the Lakers having a top five pick and the New Orleans Pelicans being one of the five best teams in the league, let's just say. I mean, think about that pick swap. I mean, what a what a horrendous part of that deal. Listen, I think at the end of the day, if you make a trade that helps you win a championship, that is a good trade. At the end of the day, that's how I think about it but those pick swaps again they really didn't think twice about those pick swaps and look what could happen yeah next year by the way could be the same exact story which people are not really talking about the pelicans have a choice 
in 2024 or 2025, they will get one of those Lakers picks, and it's their choice. Yeah. So if the Lakers are a bottom five team, they're going to take it next season, and that means the Lakers have no way out of you know tanking, quote-unquote, next year either. That was terrible. I mean, they, they really put themselves in a position that for the foreseeable future, um, you know, again, depending on how they move on from the current team. So whether it's Westbrook leaving, obviously, so that helps. Le- the LeBron situation is very fascinating to me. I thought there was no doubt in my mind that he would retire here. But he, he doesn't want to be a part of a team that's going to be below five. I mean, he, he, he wants to have one last non-bubble run at a finals. And I'm not saying he's going to go to a team that's already set and he's going to chase one last ring, but he's still a, a very good player. He he doesn't want to be playing games for a team that's, you know, two and ten and, and again, one of the worst teams in the league. And so... Um, just a lot to kind of dissect. And again, a lot happened this weekend, so we're going to leave it there for now. But we're going to talk a lot more about the Lakers when we come back, the Clippers, the uh, the Chargers game, and also, uh, again, what can be done about the Los Angeles Rams. We'll talk about that when we come back on the Mighty 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline. 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our main man, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you? Arash, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm doing well. Like I told you off camera, I'm disappointed. USC, UCLA this weekend should have been a marquee matchup. Canelo wow. versus <laughs> something exciting like that. But, I mean, it's still, it'll be an exciting matchup, and I can't wait to see uh, both of those uh, former titans clash uh this weekend yeah i mean listen i mean ucla really tripped up usc twice this season when they beat utah before usc played utah i think that that obviously hurt usc and then this one like listen i i generally as a usc grad don't root for ucla but it helps usc if ucla is in the top 10 if they are a, a contending a playoff contending team and then once again here we go 
UCLA, uh, you know. And then Oregon got stumped off. (laughs) Exactly. So the only good thing, the only good thing for USC in all this is they control their Pac-12 championship destiny. If they win, they're in. I think if they if they win, uh, if they if they beat UCLA at the Rose Bowl, if Mm. they beat. Uh, Notre Dame, and they go on to win the Pac-12. They have a heck of a case to be in the college football playoffs. We'll see how. That, I'm, so how that, yeah. I'm so excited for these next two games because I've been uh, I've been telling people, hey, if you get Michael Mayer and Justin Herbert together, <laughs> this would be one of the best combos in the NFL. Tied in, and you know the Chargers have had it before. They've yeah. had uh, they've had Dan Fouts. They had Kellen Winslow. They had Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates. Now you go uh, Justin Herbert, Michael Mayer. I'm like, Michael Mayer is fun to watch. So that, I, I'm, I can't wait for these next two USC games to be on. And like I said, I'm not a USC fan or anything. I went to Long Beach. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I'm definitely excited for these next two USC games. It should be good. All right, Fernando, let's, let's get to it. Let's get to that Sunday night football game. It was the Chargers. It was the 49ers. The 49ers apparently – can't lose to a Los Angeles football team. Uh, your thoughts on that game? Well, I'll tell you one thing. The Chargers put, put up a way bigger fight in one game than the Rams did in two. So uh, that was pretty interesting. But Alash, I wrote about it last night. I said the Chargers have a good uh, – they fight. They'll fight. They'll fight. They'll fight. They don't have a knockout punch. They didn't have one last night. Last no. night was at one point you should have knocked out the 49ers. You had them. You they they you kind of, you played them very well, which I was very surprised at. I told you guys last week, I thought it was going to be a blowout. It wasn't. The Chargers started off well, but what happened? The 49ers adjusted their game plan. They adjusted well in the second half. They made some very good adjustments to where Justin Herbert. Uh, I think I I think they they only had 17 yards rushing and 35 yards passing in the second half. With a Justin Herbert-led offense, that should not be happening. That's embarrassing. I mean, that should not be happening. I know, and it's funny because injuries are starting to really catch up to these guys. No Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. That means that you can't. You you could have creativity in the first half, but in the second half, the 49ers are going to fall. They're, they're not going to fall for the same things they fell for in the in the first half. So that hurt them. And then um, I give a little bit of kudos to the Chargers' defense. I mean. They lost a lot of defensive linemen, and they still were able to hang in there. They were able to hold the 49ers three separate times on uh, on first and goal to uh, field goals, and so I mean it was a it was a it, it was a it was a valiant effort. But at the end of the day, I mean now they're five and four, and now the, you you have to question a lot of what's going to happen next. Fernando, I wanted to ask about Keenan Allen. I know that hamstring's been lingering that injury. Everyone makes the joke Brian Robinson came back six weeks after being shot, and then, you know, Keenan Allen is still struggling with that injury. Again, he's playing it cautious, but last night, wasn't that indicative of how much they need Keenan Allen, another playmaker for Justin Herbert? Because I actually think Staley called a lot of really good plays yesterday, and he, he was that was the best I've seen him coach possibly all year against a very elite team that obviously – didn't do great against the Chargers beat up defense, but man, going under this Chiefs game, how much do I need Keenan Allen in that game? It's funny because I saw some people criticizing Brandon Staley, and they're like, "Oh, this is a terrible coaching job by him." I'm like, "This is actually one of his better coaches." I, I saw exactly what you saw. 
I saw this was one of his better coach games. This is the Brandon Staley that everybody uh, has been waiting for because, yes, there has been struggles. There, there. He, yes, he sometimes makes four down decisions, but last year they don't win a couple of those games if he doesn't make those decisions. So I thought Brandon coached a very good game. Uh, yeah, there were some questionable things on the offensive side of the football with Joe Lombardi, but, I mean, fans are just not going to be happy. Um, but you, you have to remember, too, the Chargers have two tackles. Two, uh, like, their tackles are gone. Uh, uh, they have a, a lot of guys that are injured. But, yeah, no, you're right. This team misses Keenan Allen, but I think they miss Mike Williams as well. Yesterday was a road game. Keenan or Mike Williams has five straight road games with at least over 100 receiving yards and, and a touchdown. They miss both of them. That's the thing. They're a combo. They they miss the, the quickness of Keenan Allen where on third down, uh, Justin goes to him. And then Mike, the big plays down the field where Keenan can go for him or when, uh, when Justin can go to him down the field. So that's what they're lacking. Right now, they're playing with their third best receiver, their fifth best receiver, and then a practice squad guy and uh, – and um, Michael Bandy, which, I mean, they're being serviceable, but if you had those two guys with DeAndre Carter, DeAndre Carter's speed, he could be getting open more regularly, and that's kind of been the problem. So last night on NBC, they said Mike Williams is, and he's he's a he's a monster. He always comes back ahead of schedule. They're saying that he might be able to play uh, this weekend against Kansas City Chiefs. So it sounds like Mike might be a little bit closer than Keenan is, uh, surprisingly. That would be a big-time addition, Fernando. I wanted to ask you about the game of the year that we saw, Buffalo and Minnesota, and specifically uh, the Buffalo Bills side of things. There's some people talking about Josh Allen and whether he was anointed too quickly as being one of the faces of the NFL in terms of quarterbacks. What are your thoughts on the Bills going forward in terms of contention, and what are your thoughts on Josh Allen and the game overall? Well, I think Josh Allen's one a top five quarterback in the league, if not top three. Um, <clears throat> he really is. He really is a unique size, unique everything. I think the Buffalo Bills are gonna uh, they're gonna get it together. I mean, you kind of get in this lull when you like they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they kind of went into a lull where you're kind of like, okay, like we've beaten the best team. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes this is the problem with some of the better teams. You beat a great opponent like Kansas City, and you're like, you know what? Like, we're good. Like, and you kind of coast a little bit, and then you kind of turn it back on uh, towards the back end of the season. I don't recommend doing that, but it kind of seems like that's where uh, that's where they are. Kansas City did it for years, a couple of years ago. Uh, after the 2020, after they won that Super Bowl in 2019, they did it in 2020. They did it in 2021. So I don't recommend them doing that, but I mean, that's kind of where they're at. But I. People are knocking him, but that's where I actually think OBJ is going to go. If my if if I had to predict one team, I think he's going to go to Buffalo, and I think he'll add a spark uh, to the Buffalo Bills. That's kind of my uh, number one prediction for the next couple of weeks. That I think uh, OBJ is going to go to Buffalo, and I think he'll enhance that team, and they'll get even better. But I, I don't think anything's wrong with them. I just think they're in that lull of hey, let's just get to the playoffs, uh, let's get it going. But hey. You got to beat uh, some of these teams, and you got to be able to put these teams away. But I don't take anything away from Minnesota. Minnesota is a very, very, very good team, and they showed it uh, last night. Yeah, Fernando, I, I wanted to ask you about the Lakers. Moving on from football here, they had an impressive win against the Nets. Where Anthony Davis had a career high ten offensive rebounds. By the way, thirty-seven points, eighteen rebounds. We talked about this in the first segment. The inconsistencies of this team plaguing them. 
losing a lot of games, uh, especially in the third quarter. We call them allergic to third quarters for a reason, though they played well yesterday. Can this team find their identity after what Armand said, an unprecedented, what, four or five days off until Friday, then they have the Pistons and the Spurs this weekend? I mean, sometimes you kind of need a break after a big win, so maybe that'll help them. But I really think this Russ, uh, as a six-man thing, it's working. But I just don't know how long you can sustain it, especially if uh, LeBron's out for a little bit. But um, but I, I, I'd be in, I, I still think that they should make trades. I just think that that's going to be the best thing. Let everybody start off fresh. Um, that's kind of been where I'm at. I don't know if Anthony Davis can sustain this, but he's been tough, man. I mean, I'm very surprised by Anthony. Uh, I don't know if it's it's finally gotten to him, all the criticism of, oh, hey, Anthony Davis is soft, he, he gets hurt, he gets hurt too easily, and now he's like, you know what, I'm just going to go with this back injury and all the other injuries he probably has. I'm just going to keep on going, I'm going to motor through, and I'm going to show people that I'm tough. But uh, but he's he's really being a warrior, but I just wonder uh, if the if the Lakers can um, can maybe get something now out of I saw a report last week that now people are calling about Russ. I wonder if that's true or if that's just Laker talk for, hey, look, Russ is playing really well. Who wants him? Who wants to come out and get him? So, uh, But I, I'd still make a trade. I, I think that they need uh, – Russ needs a fresh start. Um, I think the Lakers need a fresh start, a new, a fresh weapons. And, and, again, I think they need three-point shooting. That's been their problem, and that's what you need with a LeBron-based uh, uh, offense. We've seen it before in the past. When they won the championship in 2020, that's what he had. He had good shooting around him, uh, and I feel like that's kind of what they're missing uh, now. Fernando, have you had a chance to see this exchange between Pat Bev and KD? It just happened recently. No, was it good? No, I was watching the... uh, You know what? I was interested because last night I thought it was the Sacramento Kings playing against the the Nets. The Lakers jerseys were weird, but I didn't see the... (laughs) I yeah, was like, what, I was like, what kind of jersey? I was like, Shaq would be disappointed in these jerseys. <laughs> it, it, it was, def- yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so to give you a backstory, after the game yesterday, Pat Bev was asked, what was the key to the defensive side of the ball? And then Pat Bev responded with, quote, shoot, me guarding KD. Y'all <laughs> didn't see that? That was the key from the beginning. I set the tone and the team responded. And somebody <laughs> on Twitter said, quote tweeted that and said he's not lying and kevin durant responded an hour ago saying yes he is brother (laughs) what are what are your thoughts on that interaction that is that's why i love i mean people can hate on kd but i love that he responds on twitter and you can get him to like easily like kind of combat you but i mean i guess that's pat bev's game that's always been his game i mean but he looks like he looks so like when you see that matchup, because I saw a couple of minutes of that game, when you see that matchup, it just looks so weird. It looks like a little brother guarding like one of the older uncles or whatever. So, <laughs> but it, it, it's just funny to see Pat Beth come out and talk that crap because it, it's just that's why the Lakers got him. They wanted him to get into people's heads, I'm sure, and that's why they traded for him and they wanted him in here so that he could kind of get into people's heads. So I guess he kind of got into KDs, but that's pretty funny. I kind of I kind of like that stuff, like. We're not all friends. We're not all buddies. Like, come on, like, combat a little bit. Have a little fun. Talk a little crap. So I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trash talker, so I'm all for that trash talk. Fernando, I got some rumor uh, for you or a little bit of a tidbit of information. Uh, Sean, uh, uh, not, not Sean McVay, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is uh, in the South Bay. Saw him uh, this weekend in 
in Manhattan Beach. He loves it out here. And by the way, I think there may not just be one job available. So I guess this is like a two-part question. Is Sean, Mc- is Sean Payton perhaps in play for the Chargers job? And listen, Sean McVay was already toying with the idea of stepping away from football, going into the broadcast booth. I mean, if that happens, is there a scenario where there could be two jobs available here? You know, it's funny, Arash. That's why I call you the mayor of L.A. <laughs> there i mean you you know you know just about everybody as well everybody else, oh arash yeah i know that hey you're working for arash. Oh, that's awesome i'm like dang I'm like, everybody knows arash so uh so i'm not surprised that you uh that you ran into him uh you know what for the chargers i think if they make the playoffs i think everything will be fine i think they'll bring back the staff they'll bring back tom telesco now if they don't make the playoffs that's where you kind of hit the the danger zone um, and and you kind of start questioning a lot because that's 10 years of Tom Telesco. That's three, only two playoffs. Uh, you've only made the playoffs twice. You've never won the division. So I think that's where you kind of hit the danger zone. So I don't know about that. Now with the Rams, I was talking about it the other day. Essentially everything could unravel this off season. Aaron Donald has been questioning whether he wants to retire or not. He's been flirting with it. What if Aaron Donald retires Jalen Ramsey says, hey, I want out. Like, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm over here playing linebacker when my position <laughs> is or, or safety. Like, I don't like what we're doing. I want out. I, everything could unravel. And then Matthew Stafford decides, hey, you know what? I'm at that age. I'm good. I've won the Super Bowl. I'm good to go. I mean, everything could unravel this offseason. Yeah. So um, I could definitely see uh, McVay uh, say, you know what? If everything's unraveling, heck. I'll go and I'll be in the booth. Um, I know, like, who who's not going to want to pick him up? Can you imagine if uh, if he kicks Troy Aikman out of the booth on Monday Night Football, <laughs> or, or he gets added to that, and then you get Tom Brady also in the booth? Which, I, but I think Tom Brady's going to come back uh, and play another season. Yeah. But um, but definitely, I mean, I could see I could see McVeigh, I could see Sean Payton uh, taking the Rams job. I could see Sean Payton taking. Hey, if the Raiders job is open, I'm sure. He'll uh, he'll look at that job, but uh, but de- I don't know if he'd want to d- uh, join Derek Carr though in those in those crocodile tears <laughs> yesterday. But uh, but yeah, I can see Sean Payton take any one of those jobs if if they're open. But uh, but definitely, if one of them's open, I definitely could see him take it because who wouldn't want to be in uh, the South Bay, so, uh, California, Los Angeles. That's where exactly. Uh, Fernando, you, you just touched on it, and I wanted to bring this up. I mean, what is going on with the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, everyone was talking about Jeff Saturday and what a mess the Colts are. They go, <laughs> they, they go into Las Vegas and beat the Raiders. Derek Carr's crying. Their season's over. I mean, that, that's terrible. I mean, they've been telling me in Vegas, our, our columnist out there, Steve, Steve Carp, is saying, listen, I, I think that they're committed to this guy, uh, Josh McDaniels. But, Fernando, you know this. You were covering the league. You were covering the division. He wasn't that great in Denver. I mean, if if this continues in Las Vegas, can they really truly continue with Josh McDaniels? You can, Arash. I mean, uh, he's, what, 14 and 57, something to, like, he's something like that. And it's like, in one score games, I think he's 0 and, or an 0 and 9, 0 and 10, even dating back to the Denver days. Dude, he went into Denver and he said, I want Jay, I want uh, Jay Cutler out. I want Brandon Marshall out. <laughs> I want Tim Tebow in, Kyle Lorton in. 
Like what? Like you already like he already messed up. Then he pulls the ultimate uh, a bro move. He ends up flirting with a girl, the Indianapolis Colts. He <laughs> asks her to marry him. They say he says yes. Pulls the rug from with under them and says, "Oh no, you know what? I'm going to go back to daddy and the New England <laughs> Patriots." And then now he's with the Raiders, and they can't make sense of heads or tails. Now I don't know if he, if him and Derek Carr fit. I don't because Derek Carr essentially has a one year contract. Yeah. After this year, can get rid of him, and they can go get something else. Now I don't know if I don't know if I would trust him after this season. But Josh McDaniels is just not it. The defense is a mess, and they have a great defensive coordinator. And Patrick Graham, they have good pieces on that offense. It's just that it just doesn't fit with Derek Carr. I don't know if the Raiders will give him another chance. Mark Davis uh, really is going to have to look at after this season and say, hey, do I really want another year of Josh McDaniels? What they really liked was uh, Ziggler, the GM. They liked him. Now the question is, are they going to like Josh McDaniels enough to keep him? I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of him after this year and and maybe try to lure Sean Payton or – or lure somebody else to come and kind of come out here, but they are a mess right now. I think I even see on Twitter Raider Nation is coming after them. So when you have the Raider Nation after you, that's how you want Raider Nation to go after the 49 <laughs> the Rams, the Chargers, the Broncos, not after the organization. So uh, they're in, they're uh, they're in danger right now of of uh, losing some fanship. Fernando, last 90 seconds, you just touched on it, but I'm very fascinated by what will happen with Tom Brady. I mean, do you think he comes back? Does he come back to Tampa Bay? Does he maybe go to Las Vegas? Is that perhaps the only way Josh McDaniels can save his job by reuniting with Tom Brady? What happens with Tom following this season? I believe that uh, the Bucks will get close, but no cigar. I think it'll unravel. I think Tom moves out back to the Bay Area. If the 49ers do not uh, win the Super Bowl, I think they'll uh, they'll get Tom Brady. Tom Brady comes back home. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, a good defense. Why not try and win a Super Bowl and break that streak? Colin Kaepernick couldn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, Jimmy G couldn't win a Super Bowl. Thomas Patrick Edward Brady Jr. will <laughs> win the, with the 49ers and bring, uh, bring them back and get them their fifth Lombardi. Real quick, Brandon, do you like the sound of that? What do, what do you think? I, as much as I love Jimmy G, the Niners would win two straight Super Bowls if Brady comes to the 49ers. <laughs> Not just one. Yeah, right? It's right. always multiple. I don't care if he's 55. He's the, the GOAT, you know? <laughs> Listen, I, I I want Tom Brady to play for as long as he possibly can because I feel young knowing that Tom Brady's still playing in this league. We'll go. we'll we'll see what happens. All right, for now. We already expect the San Francisco Rock. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. I will see you Sunday night at SoFi Stadium. Big game Chargers and Chiefs. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.